1: And Larson. And welcome
2: back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found and of course taped live on the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. Want to give a big shout out to everybody who joined me for Christmas Steve when I watched uh, uh, Avengers of Justice Farce Wars as part of my Survivor Series Punishment uh, it was a horrific movie. I do not recommend it. Uh, but thank you, uh, everybody, for hanging out with me on Christmas, Steve. Uh, it was an experience. Mm. Um, the holidays, as fun as they were on Saturday, uh, you know, the, the the bloom came off a bit because we learned of the very sad uh, passing. Of Brody Lee, so that's what we're going to be talking about a lot today yeah. on the show, uh, Larson. Why don't you run down the timeline here?
1: Sure. So it was, as you mentioned Saturday evening. I was just finishing up dinner when you texted me about it, um, and the first I saw of it was AEW's announcement about mm. the passing of John uh, Huber, I believe, uh, known to us wrestling fans as Brody Lee. Prior to that, of course, Luke Harper, WB. Uh, this is what they said, quote, the all-elite wrestling family is heartbroken in and industry filled with good people. John was exceptionally respected and beloved in every way, a fierce and captivating talent, thoughtful thoughtful mentor, and simply a very kind soul that starkly con- contradicted his persona as Mr. Brody Lee. John's love for his wife, Amanda, and children, Brody and Nolan, was evident to all of us who were fortunate to spend time with him. We send our love and support to his beautiful family today and always. John's popularity among his peers and influence on the wrestling world was worldwide and transcended AEW, so this loss we felt by many for a long time. Uh, concludes we were privileged, AEW, to call John a, a brother, a friend, and one of our own. Uh, uh, pretty leaves John's wife, Amanda, posted to Instagram, uh, mentioned that he passed following uh, a hard-fought battle with a non-COVID-related lung issue. Yeah. Uh, um, so he was at the Mayo Clinic, I believe, in Jacksonville, um, and she just expressed a, a lot of support or a lot of thanks for the support of AEW, mentioning uh, Cody, Brandy, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, Tony Khan. Um, so it's absolutely heartbreaking news. 41 years old, um, doing the best work of his career. Um, and, and you you read all the tributes from pretty much every such a wide swath of the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. WWE, AEW. Indies all over the place. Brody had been wrestling for a long time. It seemingly wrestled at some point everywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's remarkable that not just the number of people who knew him and seemingly knew him well, but that pretty much unanimously, everybody said he was an awesome guy. Yeah. A, a devoted family man, loved his wife, loved his kids, loved his family, um, was, was, was quick with the joke, um, was quick to, to be both critical and supportive of one's work and was always there to help people along. Mm -hmm. Um, Bray wrote a really touching tribute. So did Braun, uh, uh, Eric Rowan. Big E, like several times a day, would take to Twitter to tell these incredible stories about what a good dude Brody Lee was. He seemed like he loved the business. He loved his family. He was there to help make pro wrestling better, it seemed like um i think it was an evil uno's tribute to the situation where he talks about how the dark order was kind of floundering at the time and already didn't have to join the dark order but he wanted to do it to help him to help Mm -hmm. the dark Order, because uh he apparently he had known evil uno for a good many years Mm -hmm. um you know and and a lot of wrestlers were say hey you know after the match he would be waiting for for me at gorilla backstage to give notes to give support yeah, say John, that was
2: great. John Silver talked about how Brody yeah. purchased uh, his ring gear and yeah.
1: uh, and his robe to to wear out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, 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 Preston Vance Ten since said uh, that Brody gave him one of his ring coats and had mm-hmm. it hemmed so yeah. it would fit him because you know Brody was, was a really huge guy.
2: Yeah, I watched the uh, the being the elite this morning. You mentioned later yeah, on me the too. notes here because they did it. They did a tribute episode. Um, where, I mean, primarily members of the Dark Order, the guys he was closest mm-hmm. with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and worked with heavily, um, you know, watching it. I mean, I, I teared up several times during that, uh, watching the outtakes, them cracking. I mean, you could always see it on screen, how much fun they were having. That was, you know, sort of the thing that broke, you know, Mr. Brody Lee's character for us. With And I think for a lot of people, was watching their interaction on Being the Elite. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I get it now. Um And uh, and to see, you know, I mean, when John Silver and Alex Reynolds, they had separate, you know, uh, videos um, where they would talk about him and and their experiences with him. to see those guys, especially Silver, who has really come alive as like the breakout Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. um, for obvious reasons uh, to hear him talk about uh, his experiences with Brody you know, how he was like, like, like it says in so many other places, he was obviously not the Mr. Brody Lee character in person. He was completely like the opposite of that Mm -hmm. because the Mr. Mm -hmm. Brody Lee character was essentially a take on Vince McMahon in several ways. Um, And you see Silver who's just, you know, that guy has got immense charisma and a real obvious joy for what he does. Talk about, you know, uh, Brody Lee and, 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 Silver, I'm sorry, and Reynolds talking about him as well. And he just seems so downtrodden mm-hmm. and it's obvious why, I mean, you could see the relationship with these guys. You could, you could just see it, you know, mm-hmm. on camera and being the elite, especially. Um, it, it's, it's really remarkable. And like you said, so many people, you know, it, it's, you, I mean, there are there times when people have died and, and, you know, the, the wrestling world comes out and says, Hey, you know, they, they say nice things about him and sometimes it's universal With this, there's like so many extra steps beyond, you know, like you mentioned Big E, like continually, like continually has been tweeting about him um, throughout the last couple of days. So many moments uh, that people have been sharing and so many people coming out to say such great things and Mm -hmm. then reiterating over and over again is really driving the point home of just how
1: much this guy was loved. And how and what a massive loss his his death is going to be i mean because mm-hmm, yeah. i mentioned earlier like several people tell him stories of he'd be waiting backstage for him to say that was awesome good job mm-hmm. or hey here's some stuff you should work on you know he seemed mm-hmm. to accept the role as leader in the locker mm-hmm. room yeah um and that's another thing people all said it was always a pleasure to share the locker room with him. Mm-hmm. um you know he always brought a laugh to the proceedings he was always personable loved talking about his family um and it just seems like that's a massive void that's going to be have to that's going to be left now. In the AEW locker room of someone back there that's seemingly universally respected, mm-hmm. um, someone who's 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 up to the task of mentoring younger wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just an enormous loss. This really was such is. a great.
2: This was such a great. So Tony Khan hasn't tweeted a ton since it. Uh, he had his own statement. He retweeted the AEW statement, the official thing. He retweeted uh, – or he he responded. The only other thing he's done is responded to John Silver with his tweet about Brody buying him his ring gear, um, and he responded with a text uh, – a screenshot of a text message thread mm-hmm. when Tony Khan said, hey – you know, he basically reaches out to to Brody and says, uh, you know, I think I see a Stevie Richards raven yeah. – uh, relationship for you guys you know what do you think about that and, and and Brody just said I love it and it was such a great little insight and we've seen this a little bit before in, in AEW like with Cody uh you know responding to uh, uh, Chuck and Trent about their mm-hmm. entrance video about how it just seems so it seems so like collaborative there and mm-hmm. and freewheeling and I mean, you know, this guy, Tony Khan is like, you know, is his family is a billion dollar family. He's running this wrestling promotion, but he's like coming up with ideas for essentially henchmen of Brody Lee's mm-hmm. because he sees something in everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great, I mean, I, this was targeted towards uh, John Silver to say, hey, and he even said, he said he loved it, he loved you um, to John Silver about Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. But it's also a great little insight about you know, and I've I have no reason to think that Tony Khan was sending this screenshot out there for any other reason just to, you know, tell John Silver this man loved you. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great little insight into like how things go there. You know, it like the, the, the like leader a, of the company.
1: It seems like it seems like a family run business. It's it, what uh, it feels it, like. It, it feels you know?
2: like that's that's the that's the that's the goal there, totally. Um that But everybody's yeah,
1: invested and everybody has an opportunity to to, to share their ideas. Mm-hmm you know and and it's it's yeah it just feels very collaborative and and very welcoming you know yeah um now this was uh
2: uh this was a kind of a kind of interesting report here from Fightful about you know the nature of maybe what people knew um because obviously to the wrestling community this came as a pretty big shock yeah Uh, Fightful is reporting that many, uh, and by the way, go check out fightfulselect.com. They're absolutely terrific. Uh, They're reporting that many AEW talents were informed of Brody Lee's illness and the severity long ago as far back as early November. They were asked to respect the privacy of the family as Brody Lee battled the illness and did so until his passing. One AEW wrestler noted that they wanted to dispel the idea that anything scandalous happened beyond them losing a great friend and revered personality, and Fightful then uh said they're not gonna report anything unless there's something official that comes out from the family or from mm-hmm. AEW. Mm-hmm. Um so good on Fightful Select for Yes for doing good work there. Yes. <clears throat> um I mean, you know, that that's that above all, this is shattering to a family. I, I, I watched yeah. I watched a couple of his matches over the past couple days um just to sort of refresh myself going into today. Um and I caught a clip off of Twitter and I forgot who retweeted or whatever or who posted it. But I believe, I believe it was, it it was one of those behind the scenes WWE things. And I might've been in the, it might've been part of the world's collide. I forget, but it was just him being himself um, and talking about, you know, wanting to be the type of father to his sons, the way his dad was to him. And I, I don't know, like, his background with his father. I didn't I didn't do any research on that if he lost his father, you know, if he had lost his fa- father already. Mm. Um, but he teared up. He started crying while he was talking about which made me think that maybe he has he has already passed. Um, <clears throat> his father, he was a dead ringer for his dad, too. Like, they showed a picture, oh, yeah. like a side-by-side, a dead ringer for his dad. Like, I, I for a second, I thought, oh, was that when he had his first son? It looks like it was in the 70s. And I know his son's not that old. He's like eight yeah. or nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I realized, like, oh, my God, no, that's, his, that's his dad. Um, and so the family aspect of things. And even I went and I watched the Worlds Collide match with Dijak. And by the mm-hmm. way, I freaking miss Dijak. Yeah, I miss no. him so hard. Like, especially after watching that, I'm like, God damn, they so dropped the ball with him. Um, but, you know, he comes out and it's it was his return match. And the writing was kind of on the wall, I think, by the time that Worlds Collide match had happened. You know, it's like it was obvious that WWE was not doing nothing with him.
1: Yeah, he was off uh, TV for a long time before that.
2: Yeah. And uh, and so the, the crowd starts chanting, welcome back. And he was playing the baby face in that role. And uh, and he comes out and there's his wife and his two kids. And, you know, he gives them all kisses, uh, you know, kayfabe be damned. Uh, that was one of the cool things about the about those world collides that that I think it was like the second tournament, not the pay-per-view, but the, the second tournament they mm. did. I think it was two um, that like all those they're they all like it was a tournament. I think it was a tournament style thing. And uh but all those matches were all just little self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that him and Dijack just got together as sort of a good old fashioned face versus heel match. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of
1: fun. Uh, and uh well, I remember and, yeah. he uh, he put up a thing on Twitter Brody uh, mm-hmm. did before the match and saying saying how important this match was to I think him. He called it him his
2: WrestleMania moment. Yeah. 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 Um which is such a great attitude to have. And it's funny because he's totally you never you never know how it's going to go down when somebody goes from the structure of WWE where, you know, they everybody is given their role essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then if you and I'm not going to get into criticizing WWE for their treatment of Luke Harper, it's not the time or place for that. But it is interesting to see when a guy goes from that structure where you're given a role and then to see him flourish the way he did when he was given the freedom to establish Mm -hmm. his own role. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for everybody. It hasn't worked for everybody in AEW when you're coming from WWE. Yeah. But it clearly, it clearly, after a a brief period of figuring it out, it clearly worked so well for him. And that's like from from strictly a fan standpoint, and obviously the most devastating aspect of this is the family Mm -hmm. by far. Mm -hmm. But as fans, to not get to see him flourish even more, uh, and and just understanding backstage how he was touching, you know, the lives of those other wrestlers is an absolute tragedy. It is just it really an absolute is. tragedy. It really for, is. for wrestling for, it for really the love is. of wrestling.
1: Here's know? here's someone who was there, who loved wrestling, who loved the business, wanted to see it grow, wanted to see talents around him grow. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 this, the warmth, the humor he brought, it's. Yeah, it's just a massive loss, a massive, mm. massive loss. Uh, was it Hondo in here mentions that uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, was talking about Brody uh, saving him for a potential broken neck? Remember at the uh one of the Andre Battle Royals, with the spot where you suplex and Mathering. He got like yes, he got yeah, that's kick off right, the apron. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, it is. It's yeah. I, I you know, I, I believe his oldest is eight or nine. I know in the in one of the being the elites, he'd mentioned that he was yeah. he was eight years old yeah um and that's that from what i understand is a tough tough age to lose a parent um i mean i you know my you you know and i not a lot of people know this maybe but my uh my brother-in-law passed away when he was like 34 and that's the it it was the reason why i moved back here to sacramento from la because you know my sister had a four-year-old niece and uh, and she had her go to counseling, uh, mm-hmm. and you know it, it's rough because my niece doesn't have very many memories of her dad, you know, and he's has a very few number of like videotapes. Um, if I ever if I pass like Alabama, she'll have oodles of mm-hmm. you know videos of me acting a damn fool on the internet, yeah, and you yeah. know home movies and stuff because I'm obsessive with videotaping stuff, but uh, but. You know, when you're four, the, the there isn't much of a memory. And so, the, the, you know, the, it's processing it isn't as tough. When you're eight or nine, it, get, it, it the older you get, the exponentially more difficult it becomes. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, my heart really does go out to that family. Yeah. Same here. And I know uh, there are many ways you can help support them. I know CM Punk has said that all the shirts on his pro wrestling tees shop that are going to be sold this month. Uh, or uh over Mick the next Foley. month Mick Foley said the Mick same, thing, the month said of the same yeah. thing yeah uh there's there's a number of ways you can help support it's it's
1: all over i mean Twitter. you go to his pro wrestling tea shop or buy buy stuff from AEW. Mm-hmm. um i believe all the proceeds from that is going to his family as well
2: yeah yeah um so uh so yeah uh it, it's it, it's been a tough couple days you know i mean just being around my own family and it's like, I didn't, I didn't know Brody Lee. I didn't, you know, I didn't know the guy, but it's like, you know, you become a fan of these people as people mm-hmm. and for the entertainment value they give you. And, uh, and it becomes, it, it, you know, it, it's like, man, God. And then you look at your family and it, it, it's, it's hard to digest this. And I, I understand what we're saying this within the context of being in the middle of a worldwide pandemic where just in this country alone, over 350,000 people have lost their lives. Mm-hmm um those are all people with their own stories and, and their own tragedies involved but given that he entered our lives the way he did mm-hmm. um you know it it adds some context to to a life lost and and it's a really sad one
1: it, re- it really is it really is it really is
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find
2: Uh, there was some, uh, some wrestling over the weekend that we didn't cover because uh, we were busy celebrating Christmas with our families, yes, the
1: Christmas. Yes. <clears throat> so, uh, Smackdown we'll talk happened. about, it was a, it was a really fun show. It was actually Smackdown. a really good show.
2: I, uh, yeah, it bums me. I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> oh, you didn't. I was busy. I just, I was like, you know what I did? I did. I saw clips on Twitter. I saw the amazing celebration. I saw a lot of the clips from the, from the cell match. Yeah. Uh, that was the cage
1: match. That was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I was watching um, this morning. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I um, might,
2: I might still go back. Oh, no, highly of this, recommend weekend. it. The, ca-
1: the cage match was awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens have some excellent chemistry. Yeah, I didn't mind the finish because Kevin Owens seemed like he's on the press pistol winning. Jay uh, handcuffed him to the cage, and and it, the the location of where he is handcuffed to the cage in relation to the door because he's trying to leave through the door was great because he could stick his leg out the door but he was like a foot and a half, two feet short of actually foot making contact with the floor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he had this great visual of, of Kevin Noah stretching his body out while being handcuffed to the cage, just trying to get a tiptoe yeah, that's on the good. floor yeah. while Roman just casually strolls out. He's on the last step. He's like, come on, come on, try to get out <laughs> oh. talking crap and oh, just casually man. with the, with the, the largest smirk on his face. Yeah. Um, so really okay. fun match. This will definitely lead. I hope to another about it at the rumble. I did see this.
2: Muted Mayday mentioned this. You'll see the video of E talking about Sammy's cheeks and building construction and high rises on his his cheeks. Brilliant. That was great stuff. So let me ask you this. Uh, Now that you've explained it to me, I saw the video, a little bit of video that I saw him handcuffed, him yelling at Roman. You couldn't beat me one on one because you're a bitch. Um, Is this going to be the rumble match, you think? I would think so. You would think so. I want to see it. Are they into, I mean, Roman's got to go over clean at some point. Right? I mean, is he, is this turning into, he's just the guy that's cheating his way out of everything situation?
1: He did it with Drew. He's doing it now with Kevin Owens multiple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, the whole idea of the cage match was to try to prevent Jey Usser from mm-hmm. getting involved. Yeah. So the the other, I mean, what's the other option? It's, it's Jay in a Shark Tank or something, you know? Well, I'm just kind of curious as to where you think this direction... Well, there's two directions. Two logical directions. I only think one of them will happen. It's probably another match either at the Rumble or sometime between now and the Rumble on SmackDown. Or Roman says, well, I'm done with you, Kevin Owens. I've beat you twice. And then the real story should be Kevin Owens wins the Rumble and faces Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Probably not going to happen. But the, the heat this feud has... The chemistry these two guys have in the ring, is it's it's, it's top notch stuff. I would I would really love I would love if
2: you and I have both. There's a couple there's a couple of elements at play here. Number one, there was the story, a couple like a month ago or so, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was. I think from Fightful that Roman's title run was not supposed to be an elongated one. It was yeah, not supposed yeah. to be as long as it has been. Which, you know, puts it in in my head, Maybe he could drop this somehow and then come back around to it. Um He's booked as such a dominant guy in his presence. I, if If they're looking to make Kevin Owens into that guy, then I would why don't they have him lose in a similar fashion at the Rumble with Jay's interference? Put himself in the Rumble and then win the whole damn thing, mm-hmm. you know. Comes out. I mean, didn't they? They did that with like Becky, I think, or something. Yeah, uh, yeah relatively yeah. recently. Yeah, Becky
1: lost to Oscar beginning of the Rumble. Thank you. Then, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then yeah then that's she came right. back out to win after Lana there got you go. uh, laid Thank out. You. Yeah, um, that would make that would make a ton of sense because, yeah, that that report has always kind of been in the back of my mind a little bit. And also, WWE has a continual problem building new stars, apart from Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. Like they haven't had any crossover stars per se. You mm-hmm. have Kevin Owens. You have, sorry, you have Jay get involved in the match instead of helping Roman. Ends up kind of costing him the match. KO gets the win. He gets that title. Sure, have Roman win the Rumble. Have them uh, have a match at Mania. You can have Roman win clean there. But then have this be a few that they can come back to. Yeah. Because the chemistry between these two guys is off the charts. Off the oh, charts.
2: It, it it really is. Um, that There is. And I, I do think that, man, you, you got to... <sighs> you got to run with Owens look, man, they, like you just said, they got to create some new stars. And even, you know, when we were talking up Kevin Owens so much, you could see it in the comments of P uh, in that particular video. I probably the last SmackDown video we did where there are so many non-believers in Kevin Owens Mm -hmm. because of how he's been booked over the past 18 to 24 months, you know, like, he's always there, but doesn't quite get there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you want to make a new, st- uh, you know, a new star out of a guy who's been around a little while, and he's always almost there, and he's got this sort of f- a bit of a fresh coat of paint because of his new attitude, you know, his baby mm-hmm. face and his justification for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great. Somebody asked him on Twitter, uh, you know, why is it nobody comes to your aid? And he says, well, that's because of the years and years that I was a bad guy, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the consequences and he that's a great word to use consequences there should be consequences in storytelling and too often they're dropped yeah. um you know i i dude i mean that's you, you got to start you got you got to build these you got to build stars i know and that's how you do it you have them and it's not just he's always on the precipice against roman reigns i think he's got to like beat him or something you know, I know. like I know. I, I, even if it's at mania or if it's if it's at I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but I, I feel like Kevin Owens, he can be that guy. Yeah, he And can. then, you know, Ro- uh, Roman can can go on a, on a rampage of sorts, mm-hmm. you know, power up even more and then maybe beat Owens at like SummerSlam or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Something like that. It. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I, mean,
1: I feel like there's two guys on the SmackDown roster right now. Actually, three. There's three on the SmackDown roster that could do it if if the stories Like, the story's there if Kevin Owens do it right now. Will mm-hmm. they follow through on it? Given WWE's history, I'm skeptical. But between you know, you still have four months, four months and change between now and mania. You mm-hmm. can still tell a story to build up somebody being Roman Reigns, whether it's Kevin Owens, whether it's Daniel Bryan. He inserted him. He declared for the Rumble on SmackDown after beating Jay Uso. Another really fun match. And then he got Big E. Still, he you know now he's new uh, Intercontinental Champion. You know who knows how long that reign's going to last. Who knows if this is just kind of step one in a long term singles run and a singles push that'll culminate. You know somewhere down the line becoming either WB or, or universal champion who knows um but there's three three guys on Smackdown now where you can say all right we're gonna build you up to be the guy who beats Roman and it, with the right story it could be totally believable and really effective really effective I, I feel like I feel like at this point it's I, I, will, I will
2: give you my opinion of what it probably is Kevin Owens is a stopgap between Goldberg between oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Roman and Goldberg absolutely that's what I think it is. I hope it's not. And maybe it's not, but I get the feeling that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that's probably the thing. Um, and I think that's it. I think that Oh, totally agreed. Totally. Agree. I, I think that nobody else I think that they're probably those names that you're talking about. I think Daniel Bryan could be if he wasn't if he literally didn't just say, and he has said several times now, he's done being a full time guy. Uh, I know well, Brock he, said, he said,
1: he said, he says, this is his last year of being a full-time guy.
2: I know Brock, has, Brock was a part-time champion, mm-hmm. um, with mixed
1: results, but I also feel like Daniel Bryan is a type who, if he was a part-timer, he wouldn't take the spot. This is just my supposition. He wouldn't take the spot of a full-time wrestler in such a high profile title thing. Yeah, I, know? I agree with that. I think big E is an experiment
2: right now. Um, and the sad thing for him is that it doesn't matter how charismatic he is cuz he's all the charismatic it's if, if if his if his creative isn't good uh, oh i know absolutely it's not it's not going to pay off to the way they want it to pay off to see him as the guy but i think that he's penciled in for sure absolutely oh yeah, oh, yeah 100% definitely,
1: definitely
2: i think a lot of people i think yeah i, I just i think that he's probably penciled in uh, you know daniel Bryan's a possibility um I, I just think that you know, chances are everything, everything, everything is a stopgap between uh, him and the Rock, and the Rock is a stopgap between whoever's gonna eventually take it off Roman, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like two years. I know. Um, I know. It's um, be a I mean, year from Bro- yeah. you know, Brock might be a stopgap too for that as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, it'd be awesome as if everybody was a stopgap between uh, uh, Roman and Jey Uso. How great
1: would that be? That would be pretty great. It's just, it's a, and I know SWB's approach to doing things, but it's still a bummer where you have a really good story there in your hands. This this, this Roman Kevin Owens thing that mm-hmm. could have a really good payoff at WrestleMania if mm-hmm. uh, Owens were to, say, lose his rematch against Roman earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, all beat up, gets in the Rumble, wins the Rumble, challenges like the next day on or the next uh, SmackDown, and says, Roman, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. You have three more months to build up or two and a half more months to build up a really good story to have it pay off in a really good way that people would be invested in and actually if done right right, would generate a lot of buzz about the show instead they fall back on the same old idea like Goldberg he was a draw 20 some years ago let's bring him back for a two minute match against Roman Mm -hmm. and that'll get people talking it's just the same thing over and over. Again. It's, it's frustrating. The e-
2: it's the easy lazy way to go and it's crazy because like, you know, all you need is like some a couple of good story ideas for for Kevin Owens and you've made a brand new star which you can count I know. on. You I know. can count on this guy to be a legend's night guy 25 years from now. I know. They don't <laughs> think you, 25 years it. from now,
1: they think next till next week and that's about as far as I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no Raw preview today by the way, people. Guess None. why? Guess why? They have not ready yet. They probably read it.
1: probably still being exactly still being written, written it yet. So anyways, really good, uh, really fun cage match between uh, Roman and Kevin Owens. Uh, Roman walks out of the wing. Why can't I talk today? Ring for the win.
2: You're doing fine. It's because you're you're, you're so focused on your your huge fantasy football
1: victories. Well, the victories haven't happened yet, Steve. Stop trying to jinx the whole thing.
2: I am trying to jinx
1: it. You are. I know you are. (laughs) Yeah, man. Of course. You beat me. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Be happy for me. After that, we had a triple threat elimination uh, tag team title match. Oscar and Charlotte taking on Bailey and Carmella uh, versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Really fun match. There's some promo stuff in advance of this. Uh, Charlotte, uh, before the match starts, talk about how Christmas has come early. They're back on SmackDown. They're entered by Bailey. Uh, she says, uh, you know, it's really impressive because Charlotte was also saying about how it's pretty impressive, their tag champs. Uh, Bailey says what's really impressive that uh, while 2020 was a downer for a lot of people, it wasn't for her. She's the longest reigning SmackDown uh, women's champ. She's interrupted by Sasha. She says, well, what's really impressive is that I'm champ now. Bianca comes out, talks about how she's the EST. That makes her impressive, and that (laughs) Bailey has never seen anything like her, and that Carmella comes out uh, trying to say why she's impressive. Uh, Anyways, really fun match. Uh, First elimination. Sasha pins Bailey after a sprog uh, Mm. splash following a spine buster from Bianca. And once it got down, especially once it got down to Asuka and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bianca, this match was bonkers. Bonkers. It was a lot of fun.
2: I love that Bailey is just eating all these pins and it's triggering so many people because she's totally winning the Royal Rumble. She's totally winning that shit. (laughs) That's totally happening. Could you imagine her
1: versus Sasha at WrestleMania? Oh my God. Oh wow! Give them a half hour minimum. Yeah, minimum. totally. Minimum. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, once once it was a uh, you know like a two on two tag match, especially it was good beforehand, but it went it was a whole other level after that. Uh, in the end, Charlotte pins Bianca after a code breaker natural selection uh, combo from her and Oscar. Really fun match. Um, after that, Street Profits are backstage doing a promo. They hear Sammy berating some production person. Uh, he wants to know. Uh, who she's like worked from the social media department I think Uh, Mm -hmm. he wants to know who made this bout tonight a lumberjack match Uh, Sammy turns towards Street Profits he says I have no uh, time for your nonsense Ford says hey we're about to give you a gift And uh, Sammy's like oh I'm sorry for going (laughs) off on you and the Dawkins opens the the box there's a shirt inside that says I was Intercontinental (laughs) Champion and Sammy yells at them saying you're not funny that's pretty damn good it was good. After that, Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso. Uh while Daniel Bryan's making his way down to the ring, Jay lays him out from behind. Uh has the upper hand for a good portion of this match. Uh Daniel Bryan starts going after Jay's leg. At one point, Jay hits a splash, slow to make the cover because he landed on his knee. In the end, Daniel Bryan ducks a super kick, hits a knee plus to get the W after that his interview. Talk about how there's one thing he's never done in his career, win the Royal Rumble. He's entering uh the 2021 Rumble. Sammy walks up to him. Uh, it's like, hey, you've had it out for me because you didn't think I was a good intercontinental champion. Um, and now I have to defend it tonight. I think, I think you stooged to management to make this match happen. <laughs> stooged, he that's, says, that's but a, a, you a know what? Term. Karma's gonna get you because you're gonna be in the rumble and you're gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be a fun story. I know,
2: dude. I I feel like they've got such some really great ingredients for some like, percolating storylines here, you know? Because yeah. they're all kind of, like, you know, Daniel Bryan has this kind of thing with Jey Uso, who knows if they're going to revisit it, but they totally could to get him into the Roman thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got Sami Zayn, you know, who's going to be upset about losing his Intercontinental Champion. There's a lot of great, like,
1: stories that if they're if they're clever, they could really have some of these crisscross in an interesting Oh, way. I know, I know. And that brings us to our main event, Big E versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title, lo- a lumberjack match. Uh, the Lumberjacks were not afraid to get involved physically, especially when uh, Big E was tossed to the floor several times. They were just beating the heck out of him. Oh, no. and at one point, they are beating him up, and Sammy hits a tope on, on Big E, go to commercial comeback. Uh, e kind of starts uh, a comeback with some belly-to-bellies. Sammy blocks a third, looks for a huluva kick. Big E counters with an urinagi. gets a two. Uh, he goes for a big ending. Sammy escapes that, rolls out of the ring, tries to hop over the barricade, all the face lumberjacks put him back in the ring. Uh, uh, Sammy pokes Big E in the eye, rolls him up, gets two. So they're brawling on the top rope. Sammy hits the sunset flip powerbomb. That gets him a two count. Uh, goes for another huluva kick. E dodges that one. Uh, spears Sammy out of the ring, off the apron. Uh, in heels, toss Big E back in the ring. And the faces are trying to do the same with Sammy. Sammy ducks a shot from someone, not remember who it was. Uh, I think it's Drew Gulak that gets clocked. Um, uh, or Cesaro gets clocked, I think. Anyways, a brawl breaks out between the faces and the heels ringside. Amidst that chaos, Sammy tries to take his leave up the apron, and then Apollo Crews sees him, sprints up the ramp, tackles him, nice. and he's calling some other people come to, to come help him. So it's him, the Street Profits, Otis, and Gable. They pick him up, carry him back to the ring, and toss him in. Uh, big E hits a belly-to-belly, a splash, and big ending for the wind. All the, the face lumberjacks come in, hoist Biggie on their shoulders, confetti raining down as the show goes off the air.
0: Remember
1: with Daniel Bryan, after he came back like a month later,
2: he was in the greatest Royal Rumble. I think it wasn't he like the Iron Man in that match? Yeah, he was in it for like 50-something minutes. <laughs> he was in it for like a
1: ridiculous longer amount than that. of time. Yeah, and his, his, his chest was all uh, hamburgered he, up he, because of Roderick Strong. His entire body looked, yeah, it looked all hamburgered up. So, because yeah. him and Roderick Strong would just trade chops for half the match. Oh yeah, that's right. It um, was a really fun SmackDown. I like they focused on in-ring stuff for the most part, and mm-hmm. you know, it was in-ring action that was advancing storylines. Mm-hmm. They didn't rely too much on on talking bits. It was a really fun show. All the all yeah. the matches were really good. A lot of fun.
2: Uh, that's cool. Maybe I'll maybe
1: I'll actually check it out. You should you uh, definitely should. Let's mention before. How did, it, before it, do, you, how did it do in the ratings, Lars? It did very well, probably uh, because they had a great lead-in, at least on the East Coast. Uh, of course, New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings played on Christmas Day prior to SmackDown again on the East Coast. Uh, that, I believe that game did really well in the ratings and partially because of that. Uh, the Christmas edition of SmackDown posted a first hour rating of 4.097. That dropped to about two and a half million for the second hour. Average 3.35 million viewers. Um, as far as the all-important it's a little number that really matters 18 to 49 demo first hour got a 1.1 1. 1. that's really wow. good that's Second awesome. Second hour that's great. A great 0.8 all right so strong ratings numbers even even if you take you know you assume the the first hour you can credit a lot of that maybe to the lead-in sure sure nonetheless even at two and a half that's still a strong showing on a this, holiday edition of a show
2: It is this, it's a smart move um Putting a, a really solid episode of wrestling when they know that, like, you know, people are going to be done with their meals. They're going to be, you know, op- done opening their gifts and all that kind of stuff. And then they uh, they flip on TV. It's like, oh, you know, everybody's been watching this football game. Put on a strong showing, not like a, you know, I mean, I know this is pre tape, but, you know, don't put on no more miracle on 34th Street matches.
0: <clears throat>
2: yes. So, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways. Agreed. You want to answer some questions? Sure. Let's do that. Let's see here on the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to do something. I don't even know if this is a question related to this, but uh, he says, Have you guys seen this? And it's the Superstar Gaming Series. Oh, yeah. On the WWE Network.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
2: <laughs>
1: I saw that. Uh, oh, the I Wrestle guess. Dude says, With Sean Spears kayfabe leaving AEW, it took him off the roster page. Uh um, yeah and then he deleted we, his
2: twitter also. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think we could see him in Impact possibly joining Eric Young? That'd be fun.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's 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 a distinct possibility that he'll join uh Impact. Um I prefer uh if he became part of Young Love. Uh oh, we yeah. really I mean I feel like we need to reach out to Impact, make a serious effort to do that. Become real Impact aficionados. We have our Impact shirts. Ready to go for Tuesday, um, and talk
1: to them about the booking of Eric Young, and let's see if we can get Young Love happening. I like that. I like that. Uh, NJWP book a Brody Lee Memorial match. Uh, he says uh, mine would see Dustin and Hegman join the Dark Order for the night to team with Silver and Reynolds take on Kenny, the Young Bucks, and Cody. Uh, it has to take place at a Chili's. <laughs> yes, or uh, at least in the parking lot of a Chili's.
2: Uh huh. That's good winner gets winner gets all the chili's money and yeah. six riding
1: mowers and yeah well all all members of team Brody would would or uh, would be riding in on on the lawnmower so they would be silver Reynolds well that be uno Grayson silver Reynolds yeah, I think that's yeah. the team team dark order that's good um, and then they'd be taking on I guess it would have to be the well the young bucks.
2: I would Hang think man. that you, you, you'd want yeah, I'd probably the, the Nightmare family, right?
1: Like Cody was Cody, his biggest thing. Cody, Dustin. Um. Yeah, I guess so. Cody yeah. and Dustin and. Like QT. QT. Yeah, what I other, suppose. Whatever. That's good. What other lump is in the Nightmare family? Yes. So, of course, Dark Order goes over
2: Maybe, in honor yeah, of Brody Lee.
1: Uh, The turtle guy, uh, Darby Allen. <laughs> the turtle guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, a white brownie asks, "With all the accomplishments Asuka has done in a short span, could you see Io Shirai matching her? Do you see her having a Kyrie Sane booking problem? R.I.P. Brody Lee. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really. I, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't necessarily." I wouldn't necessarily – oops, hold on. I wouldn't necessarily – oh, my goodness, I'm a mess right now. Oh, no. Hold on, sorry. Stupid thing. There we go. I wouldn't necessarily think that you have to equate the booking of a Yoshirai going forward or on main roster with, you know, necessarily another Japanese wrestler. Um, I, I just you, – you never know. I mean, there's there's been plenty of, of really, really terrific in-ring talents – who just hasn't haven't had the time of day on main roster regardless mm-hmm. of you know uh, what country they they hail from um you know if it's a kind of situation where everybody knows she's one of the best and the crowd really 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 wants her maybe she'll have a lackluster beginning on main roster if she ever you know goes to main roster and then the crowd turns it around for her the way they kind of did with Becky Lynch mm-hmm. um you you just never know you never know how they're going to do it because the the booking of main roster is so erratic and at times irrational. Yeah, uh, you just don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Ezra Zealous, over the Christmas break, I watched a bunch of old pay per views. I was curious what you guys think is the best example of when the main event match didn't go on last. Uh, Ezra says The Rock versus Hogan at oh, WrestleMania Eight. Great,
2: great answer. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Um.
1: That is probably the I don't the I best mean, answer, but probably been other shows where. Well,
2: I guess a case could be made for Rock Austin at nineteen. Mm-hmm. Case, it was could match. Yeah.
1: case could be made. Yeah.
2: Case could be made. Although I kind of appreciate that they had what was essentially a Legends match, uh, not main event, even though it's like the two biggest names at and the time. They focused on the two guys. They were trying to build around. To, yeah. To build around yeah. Angle and Lesnar. So uh so yeah. Uh
1: the first uh Undertaker Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania. The one at twenty five, I think. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh Dale and Dula, you've just been informed by your dogs that they can now speak.
2: Awesome. Oh man, that makes me so happy.
1: They would like to pursue careers in pro wrestling. Mm, mm-hmm. okay. only their particular interests and skills, what style of wrestling would they best be suited for, and what wrestlers and what style do you ask to train them? See, my dog's really old. She's fourteen. Uh, if she just decided that today was the day that she was going to say, "Hey, hey Larson, I want to get into the get into pro wrestling," I'd be She's like, "She's like a DDP type, then." But like, dog, you're fourteen. Yeah. Um, uh, like you, you, it like you don't like you don't like wow. going out for walks anymore. You're killing dreams, dude. You're killing dreams is what you're doing. Well, I just don't. I'm not killing dreams. I'm just saying, you're old. You're not as physically fit as you used to be barely here now because you got mm-hmm. bad ears mm-hmm. um uh, you got you just it's not you should have thought of this 10 years ago honestly that's mm-hmm. what i'll say to her so with
2: gypsy obviously she would be another brody a bruiser brody type because she's crazy uh i mean it's all in kayfabe but as a shoot so as a shoot she's crazy too uh maybe like she'd be like a new jack type all right. I could see Gypsy being like a new Jack type, an FMW type. Okay. You know, some of those crazy FMW death matches. All right. Um, yeah, I could I could see that. I guess I guess if. She'd if, be, or maybe like a Vader where people are like, oh, dude, I don't want to fight her. She's like, she,
1: she, stiff. she's stiff. She's too stiff, too snug. Too snug. I guess if, if Zoe were to be a wrestler, it'd be a, a technical, a technical wrestler. No, listen, Tony Map-based. B has it. She'd be like the Undertaker now. Yeah. She'd be the Cinematic Undertaker. Cinematic matches. Cinematic mm-hmm. matches. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to do something. Will WWE have a period where both Raw and SmackDown will have continuous good episodes? <laughs> no, it's Probably too much not. to
2: ask. It's too much to ask.
1: And kind of a, a connected question, related question. One more quick question from I'm just trying to do something. Will Raw be creatively motivated by SmackDown doing so well? No. Oh, they are create- No, they they are creatively motivated. They try. This is just what we get.
2: They try. This is simply what we get.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I don't think I don't think Vince McMahon isn't trying. But the problem is, it's Vince McMahon trying. He's not stepping aside and letting younger, fresher, more creative minds
1: take the reins. Yes. That's the problem. That is the issue. Uh, Gareth says, could YouTuber amateur boxer Jake Paul be a draw on Raw? Ugh. 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 Continues. He's mean, not personally a fan, but he's a great trash talker with a huge following. I mean, if you're... St- Talking strictly numbers, probably. Probably at least for a week. Probably. Do we want to see it? No.
2: No. Ugh. That actually that question made me kind of physically ill. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Uh
1: Justin Bo Bobamba. Uh will Brody Lee be the first inductee to the AEW Hall of Fame and will he be inducted posthumously individually or with the Wyatt family in the future? Wyatt family, am, of the future probably. I would not be surprised by that. I am assuming with the Wyatt family, Hugh long, heavy, cast wrestlers as characters. Oh, not casting. In One Room in '84, Charlotte as uh, 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 Diana Prince. Okay, who's Matt or Rhea Ripley? Lord. Or Rhea Ripley. Well, okay. Does
2: okay. So there or is Raquel a Or Raquel Gonzalez. I'd say Raquel Gonzalez, or Sonia um, Deville. No, you had a right with Raquel. She's oh, very intimidating. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Wiig's character, the cheetah, doesn't doesn't like. Uh, well, I know Carmela, and I think Bianca has worn animal print before. Carmela has, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say Carme- Carmela. Carmela's kind of got that right now. that's it? it's kind of her character right now, and mm-hmm. like she wants she's. Uh, and then, uh, look, there is a person in the WWE Hall of Fame who clearly they were modeling Maxwell Lord after, and his name is President Donald Trump. And he's yeah. about to have some free time on his hands, so maybe he can do this. Ugh.
1: What, about, uh, what about hmm. Steve Trevor? About Chris Pine?
2: Oh, uh, another very charismatic actor who has done wrestling, uh, Hugh Jackman. I mean, he showed up once and punched Dolph Ziggler. He to did. me, that qualifies. And he's an right, extremely well. charismatic individual. He is. He is. He is.
1: That was a cop-out answer. Big E is Steve Trevor. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Greg Morris, what does Minoru Suzuki fear? I think he he might fear global, uh, global warming, climate change, because mm-hmm. at his, uh, his anniversary show mm-hmm. afterwards, he was around picking up trash. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So he cares about this earth. Mm-hmm fears what we're doing to
2: it Um, Ryan Mizushima has a booking question for the Dark Order now going forward with a sudden passing of Brody Lee who will take over as leader of the Dark Order Uh, I think it clearly is going to be it has to be John Silver I think they should do that yeah Um, I think they could tell some really cool stories with that Um, it will be interesting to see uh, how they approach that uh, going forward I I have full faith that they're going to do something pretty cool
1: uh Blake Elizondo, favorite Brody Lee moments. What's next for the dark order? Uh, here's a couple of comp come to my head. He had a really good ladder match against Dolph Ziggler, I believe, for the Intercontinental title at WWE. That was a yeah. f- really fun match. Yep. Yeah. Um some of the my favorite bits of the Bray Randy stuff. Involved Luke Harper. It is, really is a yeah. shame he was not yeah. in that title match at WrestleMania. That could have added so much.
2: His actual match with with Randy Orton. I watched it this morning. It is a really terrific match. Mm-hmm. The crowd, the crowd really wanted Luke to win, but of course they all losing. They, they, they all lose their crap when they see an RKO happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> like so, they they cheered the finish of that, but it was a really, really well booked match. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, my favorite Brody Lee moment, clearly is uh the the bit with sue and john yeah. silver that, yeah i mean he the fact that he was laughing on camera when she just yeah. threw the papers on the ground and that didn't was so good that was so she, good that was that was such a joy to watch i could watch that endlessly um, uh him him destroying cody for that tnt title mm-hmm. was a sight to behold it is i mean again you know i, <laughs> I don't want to throw shade at like his booking in wwe but dude could you imagine if they also told during that whole thing the story of a guy who is in a cult? And decided to break off and be his own guy. Uh, in you know tangentially with Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt, and make that a triple threat. You know he he maybe maybe they even have him go back to being Brody Lee. You know say this is my real name mm-hmm. uh, as part of that storyline. Again, missed opportunities. Uh, I, oh yeah, oh
1: yeah. I'm really happy you did end up in AEW though, so we could see the full Me extent too. of what he could do. Totally. Uh, Jason the Cabby. So am I the only one that noticed that this past Friday that the Sammies are just two gold painted action figures glued to soup cans painted black?
2: So uh, we both knew the the action figure part. I didn't realize the soup can part. I didn't know. I didn't think to look at the soup cans underneath mm-hmm. it. That is pretty damn funny. Uh,
1: Anthony Tobias, who are your picks and dark horses for the men's and women's Royal Rumble? Bailey is the clear favorite for
2: uh, for me for the women's rumble.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Dark horse. uh, I I don't. I mean, unless they're going to add somebody to Oscar versus Charlotte, which I don't think has to be the rumble. I mean, that Charlotte literally was about to ask her for the match on Raw
1: last week. Um. So I'll say I'll I'll give you a dark horse for the women's match. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Okay, Especially that's a she good if she loses uh, what, next week on mm-hmm. NXT against Raquel Gonzalez in that last yeah. woman standing match. What else is there for her to really do in NXT? Um, maybe they'll finally go around to finishing whatever story they might have had in mind in NXT for her mm-hmm. and Charlotte on the main roster, yeah. which of course isn't going to happen, but one could hope.
2: I mean, I'll say, you know, people like Returns, Sony Deville is a dark horse yeah. for me, maybe. Yeah. Uh, men's probably going to be Goldberg. Uh, my my dark horse pick is Brock Lesnar <laughs> because I just picked him up in the going in rock cup draft.
1: I'll say and you picked up Goldberg, you bastard. Yeah, I'll say my dark horse for that will be Kevin Owens. Why not? Maybe the oh, so yeah, side that's a really good story we can tell. Maybe we should actually do it for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikhil asks, uh, what was your favorite Brody Lee or Luke Harper match? I'll say that one against Dolph, that ladder match, that was so damn good.
2: Uh, Probably there's prob-
1: the, the Wyatt family shield six man uh tag match elimination chamber.
2: Dude, I'm gonna go with his with the very last match we saw him in. I'm gonna go with the dog collar match. I'll say that. Either that, was that or when he squashed Cody, because it's was always great. fun to see Cody get Cody lose.
1: He got annihilated. <laughs> got annihilated. Uh, yeah,
2: maybe it's that.
1: John Roush, uh Big E seemed tore up more than most about Brody Lee passing. How would you like to see Big E play pay tribute to him in the ring if he chooses to do so? Uh, I, I can't get the, the the
2: the vision in my head uh out of uh biggie wearing some luke harper type gear <laughs> a dirty shirt mm-hmm. and uh and some some raggedy jeans um i don't know man i'm sure he'll do something really cool because yeah obviously he he was pretty he close, close. yeah him. yeah yeah uh
1: michael mcfarland do you think hangman will join the dark order I don't know.
2: I mean, I don't know what the original what what the plan was. I I, I kind of felt like it was going to be a Brody Hangman thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a possibility. It seems like they're taking the scenic route with Hangman Page, so I think it's a possibility for him to to be a bit of a journeyman uh, mm-hmm. in AEW. Uh, let's see here. Um, hmm, this is this is a cool question might it, it'll take some uh some trying to remember stuff from Panda Police Club in the midst of the three year long storyline that was the authority I gotta watch that Brian Zane video yeah. yeah three years good Lord he says we were blessed with uh, Brody Lee holding the mm-hmm. IC championship what were some other bright spots in the middle of an otherwise lackluster and god-awful feud <clears throat> um so I know this is technically before his reign of terror, but that whole period of time when Triple H, when Triple H first had that championship and him and Stephanie uh, were a thing, when Jericho mm-hmm. won that title off him for that brief moment, you know, I mean, Triple H for me, he sort of oscillated between go away heat and just really good heel heat. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I was like, good Lord. I You know, I love this guy, but man, they need to too mix much. it up a little bit. It's too, too much. much. Um especially because back then he wasn't a terrifically good promo, he would stumble yeah. a lot um yeah. and uh but when Jericho won that championship and then and then triple h had it reversed, I thought that was actually a really clever little bit and it was a great way to test out just how over Jericho was because that mm-hmm. place erupted mm-hmm. erupted mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's good um uh, all this when they were doing that thing between Roman and Sheamus, and for two weeks they like actually booked Roman correctly after he, he like beat the hell out of Triple H and then uh, uh Superman Punch Vince yeah for two weeks it seemed like they knew what they were doing and then he got that title back uh or sorry then he then he took like a backseat to uh, to Dean Ambrose for like a month and a half
2: yeah yeah that's good um during Ginder's six month reign the rise of the Singh brothers. I thought it was actually pretty fun. I actually I liked how they were all packaged together.
1: Yeah, it was like it
2: was such a like a I don't know, a a, gender was doing some actual some pretty fun work there. It's just a shame that they had that they didn't build him that way. They had to win the title and then they they built him. They tried to build him up. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, All right. I think that's going to do it for us. We'll hang out for a little bit longer on the Twitch. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be live later on tonight for our Raw recap. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade,